I would you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. This is Bronga Victorious, and I welcome you to yet another insightful and exciting episode of the Woman of Fellowship Daily Devotional. Oh my goodness, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in our lives in this season. The month of July has been declared by the Spirit of God, our month of financial rest. And God has been showing himself or proving himself to us mightily as he brings his word to pass in our lives. So in this month and also in the month of August, we will be doing an in-depth study on the person of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? We'll be searching through the word and the scriptures to find out what the word says concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. Many people have got their own Um, misconceptions and distorted views about the Lord Jesus Christ but the Word of God reveals who the Lord Jesus Christ is now Jesus is our message and so if he's the message that we preach it is then our responsibility to bring men to the knowledge of Christ and so both in these months the month of July and August will be taking an in-depth look on the person of Jesus Christ as we bring to you the revelation of Jesus Christ. I look forward to sharing with you the beauty of God's word and I believe that your life will not remain the same as you walk in the knowledge of who Jesus is and you enjoy fellowship with him. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. I welcome you once again to another exciting episode of the Women of Fellowship Daily Devotional. And like we have said, um, both in the months of July and August, we'll be looking at the revelation of Christ and we'll be taking an in-depth look at who is this Christ that we are talking about. Before we go any further, I want us to pray. Um, If you can just join me in prayer. As I pray, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We appreciate you for being an an excellent and wonderful Father to us. Thank you for the beauty of your word. And Lord, thank you because your word is true for our lives. Thank you that as we take a look into your word today, we are changed into the same image of the Son. Because indeed, the mirror of your word allows us to look or see ourselves or Heavenly Father the way you see us. And we are able to conform with that image that we see in your word. Thank you as revelation comes to us, um, O Heavenly Father. We are grateful and we know that our lives will not remain the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So um, today we'll be looking at a couple of truths concerning the Lord Jesus. We're still going to continue throughout this month and also in the month of August, focusing on the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is Jesus. And so today, I want us to consider this first point. Uh, I think we're going to have about five points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, The first one is, He is the Word. He is the Word. Now, I want us to consider John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hallelujah. We have endeavored on unveiling the revelation of Christ. And the first truth about him is that he is the word. Now, the word used in the opening verse in the Greek to translate the word is logos, which refers to um, principally to the total 
um, inspired word of God and to Jesus, who is the living Logos. The word in you is Christ in you. And this I've always said. I remember when we were doing an in-depth study on the importance of the word of God in the life of the believer, we touched on this and we said, the word in you is Christ in you. Now, when you have the word of Christ dwelling in you richly, you have Christ himself dwelling in you because his word and his person or personality are the same. God isn't anything different from his word. He is one with his word. He is the word, as our opening verse declares. When he speaks, his word is the same as what he does and what he says. Now, I, I, I want you to see the word of God as the revelation of his character and personality and not just words or laws. And that's the mistake that many Christians make. They look at the word as perhaps just a, a couple of laws and, and just, um, well, words on, on paper. But the truth is that the word in you isn't Bible verses in your head, but the reality of who God is in you. I'm going to repeat this. The word in you isn't Bible verses in your head, but the reality of who God is in you. It is the revelation and consciousness of his personality alive in you and through you. This is amazing. Now get this. Christ wants to make himself known and manifested to the world through you. And he can only do that through his word dwelling in you richly. I believe this to be true, that whatever attribute or side of God that we are able to make manifest to our world, as the Bible declares that um, the world awaits uh, for the um, manifestation of the sons of God. Now, whatever attribute or side of God that um, we have revelation of, it is what we are going to be able to reveal to our world. So how much of God you know is how much you're going to be able to reveal or make manifest to your world or your surroundings. Now this means that one needs to have revelation of who God is. When we talk about Christ and we talk about him being our message or the only message that we preach, it means we need to have adequate knowledge of who he is. We need to have insight and revelation into the truth of who he is. Then um, we can be able to preach him as the only message. We can be able to draw people and point them to him because we have an understanding and insight and revelation to who he is. Now, whenever you study or hear the word of God taught, you need to begin to see it as more than just words or sayings, but see Christ unveiled. A woman of fellowship, having the word of Christ dwelling in her richly, has Christ unveiled and alive in her. Hallelujah. You see, the revelation of Christ is what brings us the knowledge of who we are in him. We reflect or shine forth all that he is to our world. Now, Today, if the world wants to see the word of God, it should look at you, for you are the epistle of Christ. This is actually what the church is, the word in the flesh or in flesh. This is how we go to every place across the nations, bringing men to the knowledge of Christ and improving their lives. 
It is through Christ unveiled and alive in us. We now epistles or his epistles which are not written by ink but by the spirit i've always mentioned that the lord jesus was the word of god tabernacled in human flesh he was the epistle of god and this is what john chapter 1 verse 14 says it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us the same word that became flesh gave birth to us. This then makes us the offspring of the word. We were born in the realm of the spirit to be like Jesus by the word. Let the word, Jesus now, because we said we're revealing who Christ is and we said he's the word. Jesus is the word. Let Jesus make his home in you. Give him the full liberty, freedom and right in your being. So whenever you give way to the word, you are giving way to Jesus and all that he is in your life. That is why the Bible tells us that at the entrance, the entrance of God's word brings light and understanding to the simple. What does this mean? First, Jesus says he is the light. So when the word enters, it brings light. When you allow the word of God into your spirit, it brings light into your spirit and also grants you understanding. So it means you are giving Jesus the light entrance into your life to bring illumination in all situations. But now there's an, another amazing thing that Jesus says about us. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He says, you are the light of the world. And we should let our light so shine so that men can glorify our Father in heaven. When we make our light shine and we do great things all to the glory of God in this dark world, the Bible says gross darkness shall cover the earth. So now when we shine as the light, it means we are living out the word. We are making Christ manifest to our generation. As he is unveiled in us and through us, he becomes alive. When people want to know the word, when people want to see the word, they see us. There's a beauty about knowing who Christ is. Because when you come to a full knowledge of him, you come to knowing who you are in him. So in Christ, you are the light of the world. In Christ, you also are the Word made flesh. This is amazing. I want us to also consider another point that says He is the way. So we looked at He is the Word. Now Jesus is the way. Let's consider John chapter 14 verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, there are so many truths that the Bible has about Jesus, as I've mentioned. And what, we came, um, what he came to do or has accomplished, the word shows us all of that, who he is and what he came to do. The Lord Jesus was not confused or uncertain about who he was and what he had come to do during his earthly ministry. And our opening verse is a bold statement or declaration of who he knew he was. And there was no doubt about it. The Lord Jesus stated that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one could possibly come to the Father except by him or through him. Now, for the purpose 
um, of this point, I want us to focus on Jesus being the way. When he says, I am the way. What the Lord Jesus said about being the way isn't just a claim about, um, isn't about who he is, but actually is reality. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 attests to this, and it says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. This verse shows us that we were reconciled to God by Jesus Christ through his vicarious death and triumphant resurrection. Without Jesus dying for our sins, we could in no way have access to and fellowship with the Father. Jesus crosses the way to the Father. He is the one who has brought us into the glory of sonship and divine comradeship. We are now sons or children of God. And this we see in John chapter 1 verse 12, 13, to, uh, 12 to 13. Now, when Jesus says he's the way, he was saying there's no other way of having fellowship with the Father. There's no other way of having a relationship with God but through him. The Lord Jesus is the way because it takes believing in him and all that he has done to come to the Father. And this we see in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 10. The existence of the many religions of the world is proof of how human beings desire to know and come to God. People have tried coming up with many ways to get to, get to God, but have failed. Jesus Christ isn't the way to the Father, but is the only way. There's no other way. And that's just how it is. I've heard many people say that um, Jesus is one of the ways. There are many other ways of coming to the Father. But the truth is, Jesus is the only way and there isn't any other way. There isn't any other way. It doesn't matter what people say. You should never find yourself succumbing to their lies and, and trying to also believe, you know, these lies. But stand for the truth and understand that Jesus is the only way. You see, in our ministry, we believe in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. His vicarious death, triumphant resurrection on the third day, his ascension and soon glorious return. This we are sure about. We are sure about this. There is no doubt in our hearts. This is the reason why we have resolved to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it is my prayer that you would be bold in your conviction and declaration that Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. And that no one can come to him except by the Lord Jesus. You need to teach this to your children and tell it to those around you. Don't be afraid. A woman of fellowship is a woman of deep conviction and resolve. Don't be afraid to tell it everywhere that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Now, I want us to also consider another point, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And we're going to consider John 3, verse 16 to 17, a very um, a scripture that we're all familiar with. A scripture that we're all familiar with, and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yes, this is amazing. This is amazing. Now, most of us, like I said, are familiar with these two verses. Um, we've been taught some learned in 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 in, in children's church while when we were growing up. We learned this. Um, it was a verse that we could um, recite and know of by heart. Now, many Christians do believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. After all, they believed in their hearts and confessed with their and confessed with their mouths. But you see, the truth is that not many really understand the depth and the truth that Jesus is the Savior of the world. They don't really understand what happened and how he saved the world. The Lord Jesus' finished redemptive work is not that he just died for our sins and it ended there. But there is more. Um, you see, the Lord Jesus Christ was not and is still not some religious leader that God um, taking upon the form of a man. He was not a matter. Many people think he's some religious leader, you know, but it is not true. People need to understand that he is God. And when Jesus came, it was God taking upon the form of a man. Jesus' death was God responding to the sin problem. It was God reaching out to us in love. Jesus didn't just die, but he took upon himself our sins and sicknesses he became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God in him and this we see in second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 he bore the nature of sin upon himself so that we could be justified and made righteous he met all the demands of justice he paid the price and it was finished he didn't stop there but he also brought us into oneness with him and the Father, and this we see in First Corinthians chapter one verse nine, the world is legally saved. There is nothing more that Jesus will do to save the world. The world can only be vitally saved if it would just believe and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now the mystery of the cross reveals the heart and sovereignty of God. The death and resurrection of Jesus brought about the union with both God and mankind. This is amazing. The death and resurrection of Jesus brought about the union with both God and mankind. And this is what makes Jesus the savior of the world. This is the reality that we know and believe. It's more than a story, you see. The Lord Jesus indeed is the savior of the world and he is alive. He's alive. And this is the reason why you need to reveal him to the world for who he is. When people believe that he's some religious leader, you need to come up as a woman of fellowship and say, hey, he's not a religious leader. He's not some prophet, but he is the savior of the world. The only one who had the solution, the solution to the problem that humanity had, the problem of sin. He came to die through his death, triumphant, the resurrection, the carous death. He saved the world. And this is what the world needs to know. We need to declare, proclaim, tell it everywhere that Jesus is the savior of the world. 
Now, another point I want us to consider is that he is the truth. Jesus is the truth. And let's look at John chapter 14, verse 6. It's amazing that all of um, the, the scriptures that we have read so far come from the book of John. Um, the gospel of John had or has revelation on who Jesus really is. It is amazing. It's very interesting for me that John the Baptist had come um, to reveal or rather to speak of a man that was coming was greater than him to introduce Jesus. And it's interesting for me to know that most of the verses that speak about who he is in the beginning as we have started our study, and they come from um, the gospel of John or according to John. Now, John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We have read this. And from age to age, humanity has been searching for truth. Now, um, man has searched for an internal truth, or, or rather an eternal truth, and in search for it from religion, which is vanity. In our, in our opening verse, we see a bold declaration by the master himself, where he says that he is the way, he's the way into the Father's heart and presence. Furthermore, he goes on to say that he's the truth and reality and the life. Now, there it is. Jesus is the answer of the old, or rather age, old cry of human spiritual reality. He is the answer to what the heart of man has been craving for. He's the end of the search for truth. What this really means for the believer is that every one of us is a signpost pointing the way, reality, and life. We are pointing people to Christ. And I mentioned earlier on when I said that um, Jesus is the message that we preach and we point people towards the Lord Jesus. Christ is the message. Now, um, in John 16 verse 13, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of reality, is come, he will guide you into all reality. Who is this reality or truth? Jesus Christ is. He is the only reality there is. When you believed, you were born and ushered. Um, when you believed in the Lord Jesus and said, okay, I believe that he died for my sins. It means that you are born and ushered into the truth or into truth or reality. You are born into Christ. Reality is a person and not some philosophies or theories. There is no greater truth that I know than this. Jesus is the only reality I'm conscious of. He is the only way that's ever made sense to me. And he is the pulsating life in me, in every fiber of my being. Hallelujah. He is real and he is all I choose to know years ago and still choose to know today. I chose to know him as the only truth years ago. And I still choose to know him today. Now, a woman of fellowship is conscious of this truth. She knows that Jesus Christ is reality. She then walks, lives, moves, and has her being in him. She is convinced of who Jesus is to her, so much so that nothing else appeals to her. There is no greater truth than the one she has found. She knows that the human heart can't find reality outside the man Jesus Christ. She's apprehended by a conviction and doesn't doubt that nothing beats this reality. With great conviction, she therefore announces this reality to all. She pronounces him 
that he may be heard to the ends of the world. Jesus is the reality. That is, um, Jesus is the reality that is burning up on the inside of the woman of fellowship. She can keep quiet about him. Instead of spreading rumors and gossip, she spreads the good news and proclaims this reality. She burns with passion. Passion of getting this reality across. When she opens her mouth, reality is heard in her words and seen in the way she lives her life. She knows that the word is real and therefore walks in the light of it. She knows that Jesus is real, real in her heart, as real as the air that she breathes. She knows it for sure. She knows this and can never doubt it. I encourage you to announce and proclaim cross as reality every chance that you get. Let your children, friends, and loved ones know that Jesus Christ is not a myth or fairy tale, but he is real. If we can all be bold in our declaration and conviction that Jesus is the truth, then everybody around us and everyone around us would come to the knowledge of this truth and they'll be saved. Now I want us to also consider another point, that Jesus is the life. It will be our last point in, in today's broadcast. Um, John, 1 John chapter 15, verse 11 to 13. He is the life. And this is, re- this is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God, that ye may know that he have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. Hallelujah. Now, on the last night before his betrayal and death, um, Jesus was preparing his disciples for the days ahead. For over three years, this man had been following Jesus and learning from his teachings and example. Um, They had placed their hopes in him as the Messiah, the promised deliverer. Yet they still didn't understand how he was going to accomplish that deliverance. After the Last Supper, Jesus began speaking about his departure. When he spoke about his departure, um, it is what led to questions from um, his disciples. In John chapter 13, verse 33, Jesus said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Now, this prompted Peter to ask where he was going, and this was seen in verse 36. Peter and the others didn't understand that Jesus was speaking of his death and ascension to heaven. Jesus' response was, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Now, Peter was still misunderstanding and declared that he would follow Jesus anyway and even lay down his life if necessary. As the Lord Jesus patiently continued to teach his disciples, he began speaking more plainly about going to the Father, describing the place he was going to prepare for them. And this we see in John chapter 14 and verses 2 and 3. The Lord Jesus had been telling his disciples about his impending death and how he was the source of all life. Now, the verse that we just read um, in the beginning um, regarding Jesus being the life, um, 
It attests to this truth that Jesus is the source of all life. A person that is in Christ is a new creation, a new species, and has received into his or her spirit the nature and life of God. When all of this took place, the old nature and life that had um, its wings, that had its wings over him had, or her passed away, and a new nature and a new life took its place. The Greek word here for this life or for life is zoe. Zoe. Now, that is the new kind of life that Jesus brought to the world. He says in John 10 verse 10, I am come that ye may have life and have it in abundance. What is this life? It is the nature of the Father. It, um, this nature of the Father in it is all wisdom, all ability, authority, and love. John 6, 47 says, He that believeth hath eternal life. Believing is actual possession. So you as a believer, I possess of this greatest gift ever given to man, which is eternal life. John 1, verse 14 says, In him was life, and that life is the light of men. Hallelujah. It is unfortunate how little many Christians have appreciated the truth that the life of God in them is given, is given to them, that it has given to them all creative ability. And this we see um, when we acknowledge that we as new creations have been given the, light of, the, love, the life of God and the nature of God, we are able to see and the creative ability of God made manifest in us. What many people have thought of all their lives is that this eternal life is something the believer in Christ is yet to obtain. Like when we die and go to heaven, which is life after death. They seem to believe that it is the long life one will get to live in the sweet by and by. Now, dear beloved, I want you to understand this. There is more to this than life after death. You are a possessor of eternal life now, not just after death. John 3.16 talks about whoever, it talks about whoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. This is not only referring to a long life after death or a life without end, but it talks about, also talks about a quality of life. Note that, um, Humanity was perishing, right? And when humanity was perishing, everything about humanity was doomed to death. Man was dead spiritually, dead to God and alive to sin. Believing in Jesus was and still is the only way man or humanity as a whole can escape death by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I receive eternal life in into my spirit when I believed in Christ Jesus. Now, we can only live a higher life and escape death by faith in Jesus Christ. Zoe is the kind of, uh, is the God kind of life. A life that is superior to the devil, poverty, sickness, disease, death, and failure. This is the life that you now have as a woman of fellowship. You have eternal life now and not only when you get to heaven. The Lord Jesus is this life. And the day you accepted him as your Lord and Savior was the day you received the life of God on you. I want you to ponder on these five points that we've gone through today concerning who Jesus is. 
And I want you to understand, or rather, as you look at these points and truths about who he is, now begin to reflect. I believe in the word of God being a mirror as the word teaches us. So when you look at who Jesus is, now reflect, reflect on who you are in him. How do you relate to who he is? How does his revelation give you a a revelation of who you are in him? If he is the truth, and if he is the life, is the savior of the world, and if he is the way, and if if he is also, um, we we noted he is the way, the truth, and the life, and we noted that he is also the savior of the world. Reflect on these things. What does it mean to you and for you as a child of God? In what way can you make him manifest in these truths that you have seen or, 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 um, or, or learned of today? It is important that um, we walk in the revelation and knowledge of Christ so that we can make him manifest in our world. Because without revelation, it will be impossible. There's more coming um, Uh, as we're going to continue on this interesting study on the revelation of the person of Jesus, we are revealing who Christ is, unveiling him and helping you understand who he is, what he came to do, and how does that um, relate to you as a child of God in Christ Jesus. Um, I'm going to stop here today. And I believe that we're going to continue the next time. And until we continue on this subject, until we continue on the subject, I want you to keep your faith aflame. I want you to understand that God loves you and wants you to make him manifest in his fullness and wants to fill you up with all wisdom and give you spiritual understanding and spiritual wisdom into who he is and revelation into who he is. Until we meet again next time and I, until I come to you with more on this subject, I want you to keep your faith aflame. God bless you.